Welcome back to Higher ID. This is our second episode, and today we are talking all about the ID to ID program. Yes, the ID to ID program is a huge part of Jess and I's story and part of the reason why we met. So we were both in the engaged tier uh, and then the ignite tier and uh, we're able to network together. But let's let's start, Jess. I'd love for you to kind of outline like how it's structured because the ID to ID program is a little bit different than I think than most like mentoring programs. All right. Yeah. So. The ID to ID program is a cross-institutional peer mentoring program for instructional designers. It's designed to help participants grow professionally by focusing on common areas of interest, and, and these can include faculty development, academic transformation, digital liter- literacies, accessibility, assessment, open education, learning spaces, my favorite, <laughs> among others, yeah. And there are three tiers and I think this is one of my favorite parts is, is the flexibility that those three tiers offer. So the three tiers are Ignite, Engage, and Accelerate. Christy, do you want to talk a little bit more about Engage? Yes. Okay. So when you apply to ID2ID, you are, if you're accepted, you're accepted into Engage, which is the first tier of the mentoring program. Engage is really all about like peer mentorship and networking, and you are added to a Slack workspace. You get to network with other people. We actually uh, created like a somewhat organically created a book club that um, you can also engage with. So it's just an opportunity to get to know other people who are in ID um, and in higher ed across Um, actually international. We have folks all over the world that are part of it. So it's a networking space, a peer mentoring space, uh, really casual, just gets you able to connect with other people. And I'm pretty sure they accept people every month and to engage. Um, So again, when when you apply to ID2ID, that's the level that you're accepted into. And then the next tier is something that you can apply to, and that's Ignite. So Jess, do you want to chat about Ignite a little bit more? Um, Yeah, I do. But first, uh, I wanted to kind of add a little bit on about Engage. Because one thing that was a big concern, so I I started in Engage, and I I didn't have a lot of extra time. And so I was like, oh, I've been accepted into, you know, the ID to ID program. What does that mean? How much time is it going to take? Mm -hmm. And this is one of the really advantageous parts of being in the ID to ID program and entering in that engage um, level is because you get to decide how much time that takes that you put into it. I joined for networking purposes, as well as just to connect with people, other instructional designers specifically on like ideas, like I'm working with this, here's a problem I'm dealing with any thoughts or ideas or suggestions, you know, Mm. but I think that is really important because some people are said, oh yeah, I really want to join a group, but you know, I just don't have any extra time. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think that at that engaged level, um, it does really offer that flexibility, time flexibility. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's, that is really nice and engage is what you make it. So if you uh, just want to kind of 
check out, see what's happening, hear what's going on, you can. Or if you want to fully get involved, you can set up copy chats with people. You can get involved in the book club um, and, and just kind of really immerse yourself. So, yeah, it really is like choose your own adventure and engage. That's a great point. Ooh, I love that you just said choose your own adventure. I'm now like thinking scenario-based learning, of course. <laughs> um, so let's look at the second level, and this is, we'll call it Adventure Path 2. Um, the Ignite is the second level, and it is dedicated to offer an experience, a deeper learning experience, um, additional networking, as well as special interest groups. At this tier, participants can either join a small group led by a mentor or form a buddy relationship or a peer-to-peer -peer relationship and participate in a professional development and growth activity or activities together. And um, this is where Christy and I met. Uh, mm -hmm. We were both in Ignite at the same time, but we had different buddies or it, we were in different groups. Mm -hmm. And I ended up working with Meg Hunter. And Christy, you worked in a, with a one-on-one -on -one mentor, is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a one on one mentor. So I was the mentee and I was paired with um, Alice Swift one on one for the Ignite tier. And something that I didn't realize until I was in the Ignite tier is that you have like a syllabus and a Canvas course. <laughs> I thought like, oh, yeah, like because I had done like mentoring programs before, but I hadn't really done something where there was some deliverable that you've put out for like accountability and reflection. Um, so I was surprised. <laughs> I remember Alice like reached out to me and was like, Hey, like, have you checked out the syllabus? And I was like, syllabus, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, um, it was actually really cool. So the, the course, you know, is based on reflection. It's, it provides accountability. Um, and it's really just essentially you setting up your goals, what you intend to work on with your peer or your mentor or your group. Um, and then you do like reflection. So you have like a midpoint reflection, which is like two months ish in. And then you have an end of the mentoring program, tier program uh, reflection that's at about four months. So it's a four month program. Um, or I guess a four-month tier, I should say. Um, but yeah, uh, Alice was awesome. She continues to be a mentor to me. I very much look up to her and uh, still connect with her about once a month now. Um, but we uh, made it a goal to um, kind of create like something together, some deliverable together. And at the time, I didn't have articulate experience at all. <laughs> and so I was like, I think I should probably learn articulate. Um, so we ended up creating an articulate rise course together um, and then uh, made it about basically the topic of like when you're designing a course, you design it for good pedagogy and then you see what technology fits that instead of the other way around, which um, I don't know about you, Jess, but I have met with so, so, so many people that are like, oh, I heard this really cool thing. Like I heard about Flipgrid and I just want to be able to, well, now Flip, it's called Flip. They rebranded. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. You just rebranded to Flip, uh, which is great. Um, but I'll have like faculty or SMEs come to me and say, I really want to use Flip in my classroom. And I'm like, sweet. Um, why? <laughs> so I, right. it basically, it just gets folks to think about the pedagogy, because if the pedagogy is solid, you can use any tech 
to support it, right? So that's what our course ended up being about. Um, and yeah, we put it together, uh, attended some conclaves together, which are basically, what would you call them, just like professional development opportunities or workshops? What, what do you think is a good word for conclave? Um, I feel like the conclaves are like workshops with guests, right, who talk yeah. on special topics. And we're, we are referring to the EDUCAUSE con conclaves. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. 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 Yep. So um, we attended a couple of those together and those are held usually about once a month, just depending on availability. Um, Adobe Max was free this year or the year that I did this. So we attended that together virtually um, and then just met. I think we had actually, I think, which is uh, over the top. You don't have to do this, but I think Alice and I met every week <laughs> and we um, really like dived into mentorship reflecting on these different pieces and then building out the Articulate Rise course um, as like our final deliverable. That's really cool uh, that you developed a course. And so have you been able to share that course? Yeah. So at the end of the um, like program, the tier, mm -hmm. we, I think they set up like a um, – a private Slack channel for us all to share what we did. So I ended up sharing it there as like a, you know, um, with Articulate, there's like a review link that you can share where people can give you feedback. So I shared right. it there um, and I shared it on LinkedIn. And then I just brought it to my team at the time because it was a great way to have some, I guess, some literature to say like, you need to put technology second it's always got to be pedagogy first in design. And if you want to use tech for tech's sake, it's not going to be helpful to your students. Um, so we used a lot of that like literature and, um, and argument just within our own conversations within our faculty. But, but yeah, I did, I did get to share it out and, um, and now it's like a great uh, deliverable, I guess, learning object for like my portfolio, it's on there too. So for like future positions and they can see mm -hmm. that I've used that and thought carefully about how I might use it and what the content was. So, Yeah, that's really great. And I think one of the other focuses, I'll have to go, I know I looked at it when you originally um, shared it in the group, I believe, but mm -hmm. I'll have to go back and look at it again. But one of the things that I really connect with what you just said is that, um, and I, I also recently just read a book about it, was that um, you really have to look at those course learning objectives and module learning objectives, talking about pedagogy, right? Pedagogy, andragogy. How is the technology, is it going to help you achieve those learning goals, right? right? Yeah. How How is it going to help you achieve those learning go goals? What is the purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. And if the technology is just going to end up being busy work, it's not worth it. Yeah. The, student, the students will see right through that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a great point. And I will have to go back and look, go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> well, I was going to say it was, uh, I appreciate your point because uh, it was a, a pretty meta experience for me because we were designing a course <laughs> Because <laughs> I wanted to be able to use Articulate Rice, right? Uh, but I didn't want to design it so that I was just using all the bells and whistles within Rice. 
right? So I wanted to be intentional about how I was using the technology and putting pedagogy first. <laughs> and I was creating a course about putting pedagogy before technology. Um, so uh, Alice actually had a great idea, and I think this can be helpful for people just designing any course, is to design the content uh, and what you want to go in the course in a Google Doc and then not be uh, attached to the outcome of what it might look like. So if I, for instance, I think I have like a, a checkpoint uh, or like a knowledge checkpoint within the course, and it could be a checkpoint, but it could also be these other things that maybe um, are more pedagogically sound, but maybe don't show off articulate rise as much. So I just really loved how intentional Alice helped me to be about what I used in Rise from it because um, now I can be like, okay, yeah, Rise can do all these things. That's great, but it doesn't have to. And if we're just doing it just because it's cool, then that's really not helpful. And so it was like this full circle moment to be able to create something like that with with that in mind. Very cool. Yeah, no, I'm now I want to go back and, and see um, it. Oh. Yeah, and and think about it cuz I just read that book, uh The Blended Course Design Workbook. Um yeah. by um Catherine Linder and um it talks a little bit about that. And I was I was I've been still processing kind of like how to um share that with faculty and whatnot. Yeah. Well, maybe we when we put this episode together, we just share the link out to that. And and I'll say that the course content was very um, – had a lot of the content from Intentional Tech, which is a book by Derek Broff. Um, and that's an excellent one if you haven't read it yet. But maybe we just share it and then you yeah. can see it. And yeah. yeah. And then I really like the idea of us sharing the, the books too. Yeah, um, of course. We have the links for sure. But okay, so you've heard about my experience. I want to hear about yours because you had a buddy relationship, which is a little bit different than what Alice and I had because Alice has like a bazillion years more experience than I do. <laughs> we are not peers. I mean, we are peers, but she's definitely a mentor, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I'd love to hear like what your experience is like having a buddy. What did you do? Like, tell me everything. Yeah. Um, so I was, um, I was set up with Meg and originally I had asked for a mentor, mm -hmm. but, um, after meeting with Meg, uh, we realized she's like, you know, we're, we have similar passions, but because I've, you know, I've only been an instructional designer now about three years, not quite three years, but only three years, but, mm -hmm. Um, because I had been designing for so long, not officially an instructional designer, but I had been designing so long. She's like, actually, you have really deep experience in this. Um, so she's yeah. like, I don't know if I can mentor you. And then I was like, but what are you passionate about? And she's like, I'm passionate about this. I'm like, oh, I love this. And she's like, oh, maybe we should, maybe we should do something. I was like, why don't we just like do a project together? And she's like, yeah, that's works. And so we ended up um, doing like a peer, um, like buddy relationship. And we ended up working. We're both very passionate about UDL actually. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were looking about, at how UDL overlaps with equity and inclusion as well as accessibility. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't completely overlap. So we would never say that UDL can reach all of accessible needs right. um, for students, 
but um, by approaching design um, using the UDL framework, then um, we're looking at how does that help with equity and inclusion? And um, so we, we made some uh, a map, a visual map, pie chart more like, of showing how these different things overlap. And we called it a bridge chart. So it's like, how is UDL bridging equity, inclusion, and accessibility mm-hmm. in on- online design? And um, we basically just made a presentation and we did like a, um, we created a challenge, like a 10-day accessibility challenge. Um, Yeah, so we did like infographic with a 10-day accessibility challenge that we might share with faculty and like on day one, we'd focus on documents. On day two, um, links. Um, on day three, contrasts and fonts, and just these different elements. Um, looking at accessibility, and then another um, one looking at equity and inclusion, and how UDL can approach these different elements. That's so cool. I don't think I realized that you had the checklist. I feel like that's like a super useful thing to share out if you if you feel comfortable and let me that's like one thing that we put out in the world <laughs> yeah um well we hadn't we have an infographic but i'd have to i'd have to ask my partner meg yeah and just check in do. with her yeah, yeah see if she is did you did you all um like how did you i guess come up with the overlap was it like research that you were looking at like how did you explore that topic so i almost feel like I know like, you know, web Excel, web accessibility, like best practices. So I feel like the accessibility mm-hmm. checklist I could probably create as well. Actually, I think I have done something similar. Um, but with like the pie chart and like what overlaps and what bridges, like I don't know mm-hmm. if I would know where to start with that. So I'm curious like what your process was to get to that place. Yeah, um, we just read – we read – we read like four books and articles and and then we went to a conclave, some conclaves and some presentations. Mm-hmm. And we took from from that research um, how we thought, I mean, the visual is literally just, you know, some pie charts and looking at um, kind of like where that overlaps. But um, in terms of looking at, okay, well, what are some things to consider in accessibility? So we also looked at the Peralta um, equity, yeah, equity and inclusion <laughs> rubric and looked at these different rubrics as well as just there are so many accessibility checklists out there, mm-hmm. an accessibility checklist, and how can those be included or are they included in, in UDL? So. Yeah, that's so important. And um, it's funny because I was in a course for my, oh, you know what I never shared? (laughs) I just realized from our first episode is that I did end up going back and getting a certificate for um, ed tech. So um, I did get my master's in educational leadership, but then eventually went back for an ed tech cert. And in one of the courses that I took for that, we did like a module on accessible and I, and I, truly mean a module it was not a course on it which it's totally there's enough right to to make it its own course um but we did like a module on kind of udl accessibility and i ended up doing 
some sort of deliverable around like what does web accessibility look like and Mm -hmm. and of those do's and don'ts and checklist type items too. So I think it's so useful, um, the work that you and Meg did to kind of showcase those pieces. And I can't believe you read four books. (laughs) Your reading machine. Well, I, I'll admit, uh, because I'm dyslexic, I do as much audio as I can. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I can talk forever well, about books, but yeah, audio is the way for me too. If I can. Um, and I, I'm also a mom of two kids and own a business and work full time, you know, always just a full plate, but I do read as much as I can. Uh, I do enjoy reading. Yeah. But what else was I going to say? Hey, and, and, what are we doing? We're in the third tier. What's the third oh, yeah, tier about? We haven't even gone to the third tier yet. Good point. Thanks for getting us back on track. So Accelerate is the third and final tier uh, of ID to ID. And it's essentially, um, you can do this in Ignite too, but you don't have to. It's essentially like an opportunity to grow uh, either an idea, a concept. You can research. You can have a project. Um And there's some sort of deliverable that can impact the learning and teaching community in higher ed. So, um, for instance, (laughs) Jess and I have an Accelerate project, and I bet you'll never guess what it is. (laughs) It's this podcast. Um, So when Jess came to me and was like, hey, I want to do a podcast. Let's talk to see if like Educause or ID2ID wants to sponsor it. We actually... uh, like maybe a couple months later, the Accelerate information came out. And then I was like, Jess, why don't we do the podcast as an Accelerate project? Um, and so, you know, we wanted to be able to create an impactful and sustainable learning experience for IDs in higher ed. Um, we, you know, felt like there's a lot of uh, representation for IDs in corporate, maybe not as much in higher ed, and thought that the podcast would be a great fit and opportunity for storytelling. So um, just like Ignite, it's the same thing. And actually, we we need to go in there and probably do some things in the syllabus. But there's a Canvas course, the syllabus, you've got your goals um, and reflections. And the, the projects can be anything. Like we're doing the podcast, but I know folks that are doing um, like more research-based pieces mm-hmm. and trying to like submit for a conference to present. Um, there was somebody that like wrote a book from this, uh, which was really cool. Wow. Yeah. Super amazing. Very motivated person <laughs> did that. Um, but um, yeah, this tier is like anywhere between three to six months. So it's kind of up to you on what project you want to do as well as how long you want it to take and then applications um for both Ignite and, app- and applications for Accelerate happen about twice a year. So once you're in Engage, you have the opportunity to do um, either of those. Um, and then, yeah, you, you also get digital badges, uh, which is cool once you accept it or once you complete either Ignite or Accelerate. And so you can put it on LinkedIn or your portfolio. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. And one thing that I was going to say, a lot of people have have mentioned again, oh, I don't have time. And mm-hmm. but when you think about it, and, and this is what why I like the idea of um, the accelerate tier and the ignite tier, because often we as instructional designers, I think 
all professionals um, get so wrapped up sometimes in doing their jobs, those projects that we've been wanting to do, or maybe it's a little research, maybe it's a conference paper, maybe it's a podcast or something um, innovative and initiative. Often we set those things aside because we are working too much. Mm -hmm. But what I like about this is it does take a little bit of time, but by having like due dates and kind of more of a structured, um, that structured feel, it puts just the tiniest bit of um, pressure that I need to go ahead and say, okay, <laughs> instead of having a Netflix marathon or a Hulu <laughs> marathon to watch all the murderers in the building. I, um, it's a great, I can, yes, it is. Um, I can take an hour and, um, do that reading. Like it just pushes me. I, I need that little bit of push to go ahead and follow through on those projects that I am pro you know, passionate about, but yeah. I, I just need that little bit of push um, to actually make them happen. So I, I appreciate the Accelerate Project and the Ignite tier because they offer that opportunity for you to explore those projects. Yeah. There's like a sense of accountability there, right? Like you're like, oh man, yeah, I'd love to start a podcast. And really like the podcast for me, I'll say is like, it gives me a chance to dive in deeper to different areas of ID that maybe I know about or have learned about but haven't come back to in a while and kind of express a little further. So I think it's like this total uh, self-enrolled professional development experience that you can make what you want of it. Um, but it does, it gives you that accountability and it gives you an excuse to focus on it. Whereas I do, I think you get caught up and I know that I do, I get caught up in all the things and then I'm like, right. oh yeah, <laughs> I was going to do this. <laughs> right. Like, let's say you want to work on a portfolio and you've, been, I've been meaning to work on a portfolio and then you just haven't done it. Well, this would be a great little um, tier to help you focus on that, you know, or ignite or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, there, I mean, all, all of the tiers are fantastic. There's lots of ways to get involved. Uh, I think I mentioned this already, but I just want to say it again. When you apply for ID2ID, you, um, if you're accepted, you get into Engage, and then you have to apply again for Ignite or Accelerate projects with um, a proposal for the projects for Accelerate or um, just more information about what you're wanting out of mentoring for Ignite. So, lots of ways to get involved and it's been so cool like just to see i think our relationship uh blossom jess <laughs> from id to id because we kind of have followed each other throughout each of these tiers um and now we're making a podcast so um it's definitely worthwhile and um it's it's a really great place for a lot of ids in higher ed I agree. Positive energy and brainstorming begets more positive energy and brainstorming, which is awesome, especially as an instructional designer. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, so does, is that it for today? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, join us next time as we continue to talk about all things higher ID. <laughs> Bye. Adios. Bye.